Hi, everybody. Welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and today I'll be talking about ratioing, feedback welcome, cancel culture, and purity tests. Former President Obama recently spoke of woke culture and purity tests, saying, This idea of purity, and you're never compromised, and that you're always politically woke, and all that stuff, you should get over that quickly. The world is messy. There are ambiguities. People who do really good stuff have flaws. I could never live up to any of these tests. I have made extremely stupid, foolish choices in my life, in public, said and done things that have been and are extremely far from pure, whatever that means. Just look at social media and see the things people do that are recorded for posterity by friends and acquaintances that may or may not have each other's best interests in mind. Part of it may be youthful in experience or immaturity, part may be cruelty. Quite often I have seen videos and images of people who have not thought of the consequences of their actions, whether they be the ones recording them or the ones taking part in them. And I am somewhat relieved to know that quite a lot of what I have done that is far from pure has been recorded by the cosmos as a form of karma, which I firmly believe I will pay for, and not on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. Even though that may well be the case, I would not be surprised if there was an overabundance of damning evidence, but I have not risen to enough prominence to prompt anyone to torment or humiliate me in a public forum at least not for a very long time. I have had that torment and humiliation occur to me in relative privacy, and that is devastating all by itself. Michelle Obama said, I can't make people not afraid of black people. I don't know what's going on. I can't explain what's happening in your head. But maybe if I show up every day as a human, a good human, maybe that work will pick away at the scabs of your discrimination. Well, I have maintained that about homophobes. As far as my experience tells me, the best way to overcome homophobia is to be your honest, real self all the time. I try to be the best person I can. I fail much of the time, but I am convinced that being a stalwart and consistent and true to yourself in the presence of those who have not been exposed to you and other members of your community, whether it be LGBTQI, a different faith, a different skin color, and anything that is distinctly other than what you have grown up lived with have been told only what others who clearly discriminate based on ignorance, prejudice, or bigotry is the best way to get them to change their hearts and minds about you. Be there. Be the real person they can trust, the real person they can rely on, the real person they know can overlook your flaws, and finally embrace those really minor differences in what makes us all human. Which brings me to ratioing and cancel culture. Two things that resonate in my mind have changed dramatically in the relatively recent past. One is the concept of feedback. When in a work situation, the statement, feedback welcome, casts a wide net to garner responses and thoughts about ideas, concepts, processes, projects, products, and the like. And generally, the feedback was and is well considered and articulated. Feedback was and is 
generally never intended to hurl invective. There is goodwill, sincerity, and constructive criticism. Similarly, the question, are you following me, has a very different connotation today than it did 20 years ago. Not long ago, we were all extremely suspicious of anybody who was following us, stalkers. And now we question why others aren't following us. All hail social media. Do we want to live in the echo chamber or do we want to invite hostile criticism for thinking, believing, and acting differently than those who even slightly oppose us ideologically? Cancel culture or call out culture as defined in Wikipedia, a variant of the term cancel culture, describes a form of boycott in which the called out person is also thrust out of social or professional circles, either on social media or in the real world or both. They are said to be canceled. Call-out culture, also known as outrage culture, is a form of public shaming wherein people identify offenses committed by members of their community and publicly call out the offenders, thereby shaming or punishing them. Its proponents aim to hold individuals and groups accountable for their actions by calling attention to behavior that is perceived to be problematic, usually on social media. The expression canceling, a reference to cancel culture, has been used since 2015 with its widespread usage beginning in 2018. Jonathan Haidt, an American social psychologist, and Greg Lukianoff claim that call-out culture originates from what the authors refer to as safetyism on campuses, claiming it teaches students to see words as violence and to interpret ideas and speakers as safe versus dangerous rather than merely as true versus false, and contributes to their anxiety and depression. The authors believe that most U.S. students despise call-out culture. However, Moya Weigel, reviewing their book in The Guardian, notes that they had come to that conclusion based solely on conversations with high school and college students. Michael Barube, a professor of literature at Pennsylvania State University, states, in social media, what is known as call-out culture and ally theater, in which people demonstrate their bona fides as allies of a vulnerable population, often produces a swell of online outrage that demands that a post or tweet be taken down or deleted. Lisa Nakamura, a professor at the University of Michigan, described cancel culture as a cultural boycott, adding that when you deprive someone of your attention, you're depriving them of a livelihood. Urban Dictionary says, cancel culture, a modern internet phenomenon where a person is ejected from influence or fame by questionable actions. It is caused by a critical mass of people who are quick to judge and slow to question. It is commonly caused by an accusation, whether that accusation has merit or not. It is a direct result of the ignorance of people-caused communication technologies outpacing the growth in available knowledge of a person. I also see a tremendous amount of personal or anecdotal evidence wherein many people confuse the concepts of correct and incorrect with right and wrong. They are, in many instances, extremely different from one another. The idea of right and wrong to me is the ethical and or moral application of conscience, which has been described as the practical judgment of right and wrong in the here and now. Being correct or incorrect is based on factual information and not opinion or belief and they frequently contradict each other, although they also often overlap, and no judgments here.
So now I get to ratio it. I have been active on Twitter and mostly see only singular responses to those who I do not follow. And it is usually because of a hostile response to a provocative tweet, which does not align with my beliefs and ideology. I confess that I spend a lot of time in my own echo chamber and offer no apologies. From knowyourmeme.com, the ratio refers to an unofficial Twitter law, which states that if the amount of replies to a tweet greatly outnumbers the amount of retweets and likes, then the tweet is bad. The ratio began being noticed in early 2017. On March 7th, 2017, Twitter user at 85MF tweeted a screenshot of a tweet by House Oversight Committee Chairman Jason Chaffetz, which had 701 replies, yet only 23 retweets and 108 likes. From Dictionary.com, on the social media platform Twitter, a ratio, or getting ratioed, is when the replies to a tweet vastly outnumber likes or retweets. This means people are objecting to the tweet and considering its content bad. So again, they are neither correct nor incorrect, but rather they are judgment calls by the responders. From Merriam-Webster, words we're watching, ratioed. A quantitative measure of how little they like your take. Online etiquette moves pretty fast, and if you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you might miss it. Ratioing, yes, it's really a word, is common enough on Twitter that it has its own hashtag. Also really a word. It refers to the negative response that a tweet gets. Ratio obviously predates Twitter. The word was borrowed into English in the 1500s and originally referred to the faculty of reason and then later to a reason itself. But in the 1600s, ratio was taken from the realm of rhetoric and applied to a mathematical concept. Ratio or rate is the mutual habitude of respect of two magnitudes of the same kind each to other according to quantity. Came from Isaac Barrow in 1660. The reapplication may seem like quite a jump in meaning, but the mathematical use wasn't built off the earlier English meanings of ratio. It was a direct borrowing from the Latin word that gave us ratio, which is conveniently ratio. In Latin, ratio meant everything from reason to calculation to proportion, and it was this final meaning that was drawn upon for the mathematical and English ratio. Ratio continued to trend mathematically, even if it did have some figurative use outside the realm of measurable numbers. As a verb, ratio refers to expressing something as a ratio or to comparing one value quantitatively to another value. By June 2017, ratioed was being used on Twitter of any person or tweet that ran afoul of the ratio. But numbers don't tell the whole story. Ratioed is only used when the replies are overwhelmingly critical of the original tweet, Replies that are positive responses or replies that are long derivative threads don't count as ratioing. Right now, this new verb is limited to Twitter interactions. Only time will tell if we start ratioing one another in real life. Again, and believe me, I am not speaking of provocative politics or politics of division. That is not my intention whatsoever. So the examples used are solely based on historical context. I am concluding by saying that people of my generation grew up as indiscreet and unconscious of consequences as the generation today who make poor decisions. However, for the most part, except for those rare photos and recordings, their opinions and activities were not recorded for posterity, nor did they have the opportunity to oftentimes voluntarily speak from ignorance on global platforms. But boy, oh boy, were we lucky. 
because a lot of these Brahmin bulls would be sent to the slaughterhouse if the world knew just how impure they really were and are. We all aren't obliged to be so very harsh and unforgiving. We're all only human. Let's give each other a break. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And as the kitties say, peace out. Thank you.